L'après-midi monde. L'après-midi monde. Tous les hommes et tous les mêmes. Macho, mais tu prends de mon vie et ta fille. Ok, tu veux ça Bonjour tout le monde. Welcome back to episode 2 of Shit Talk. Okay, welcome back to the shed. I'm joined by the usual suspects, Leonardo Bianco. <laughs> Bob Trofer. And with a new style, with, with a goatee beard, what is it, Dan? It's a, it's a cross between Stone Cold Steve Austin and... Tom Jones. Tom Jones, Michael Fassbender, Ginger, Dan Grimes. I just posted a change. Bonjour. You know, yeah, it makes you look a, a little more Polish, I think. Polish? Yeah, I thought, why not? Well, you, you have a German look to you normally, don't you? Well, I want to spice stuff. I had a beard, obviously, and I was getting bored, so... Hey, I thought... Go European that. for the Euros. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting... It suits you, though. Do you like it? Mate, I'll, yeah, definitely. I know Leo's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we get going, a few Twitter mentions from some fans. Sean McManus, loving the pod, listening with Banda. If ever you guys want a shirt, it's on me. Frank Scarito. I've been waiting for this second episode. When's it coming back? I'd love to have one of my songs as the intro. <laughs> we could try and do something like that. We'll have a think about it. Also in attendance today with the youngest ever person in the shed is Dino Trofer. Say hello. Hello. Hey. hey. We're, we're babysitting today. How old are you, Dino? Nine. And uh, do you love football? Yeah. Football loves him. Have you watched? The, have you been following the Euros? Uh, I've watched some of the games. What's been your favourite moment so far? Uh, Which one? <laughs> the first one. Did you watch it in Italy? Yeah. Was it fun? <laughs> yeah. That's that's uh, that's all he has to say. That's uh, it. That's it. From the first episode, of course, we waved goodbye to Chris, who's gone to Australia. Uh, we were hoping to be in correspondence with him, but in true Chris style, he's lost his mobile phone. Uh, I managed to speak to him earlier today, and he blames the fact that he has a white phone and was on a white sandy beach. That's how he lost his phone. Many people will say that's typical Krish. So anyway, uh, we've been following it. As always, the shed, we're, we're split down the middle. We're Italian and England. So uh, both teams have shown both sides of their, their true character. Italy showing, stunning the world with brilliance and then putting in a second game, which was very much typical Italy. And with England, we saw typical England disappointment in the first game and then absolute brilliance in the second game. Kick us off, Dan. What have you thought of England so far? No, I think you hit the nail on the head, really, in terms of typical. First game, showed a lot of promise going forwards, but we didn't have the clinical edge right at the end to kill off the game. Obviously, we had, when you watch Germany, they didn't play very well. They scored a goal, but then at the end, they killed the game off their scores. Swansteiger with us. We were all the promise, everything going forward, but then all we need to do was kill off that game. The last 10 minutes, we'll be fine. But we didn't, so we paid the consequences for that. I think what it is, is that when you drop too deep at the end of a game, why do we do that? Why don't we just go for it? And obviously everyone's moaning about Hodgson's substitutions in that game. Why don't you bring on Vardy to like go in the channels? It was, it was an open game, but hey-ho. The Germans didn't do it against Poland, though. Yeah, but the game they won 2-0, Ukraine. Yeah. Ukraine were playing really well. They were, they were coming at them, but in the end... As but Ukraine lost... 
to the Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah, but all, all about the contents of the yeah, game. Yeah, true, like, true. In terms of the contents of the game, Ukraine were all at war. They, they showed a like, 20-minute glimpse of them actually they could have won that game. But Germany, stubborn, solid structure, and they won. See the game up. But we didn't do that. Would you say that the Russian game was a big disappointment? I guess England... No, I, I, I think it wasn't. No, not at all. I think the thing about the English being too negative... We played well. We just did, it was, it's the first game of a tournament. We had Harry Kane up front, who's played two seasons straight. He's absolutely knackered. The same thing happened, obviously, we spoke before. The same thing happened last time. We went to the under 21 tournament after a brilliant season. He's going to tear it up with him and Danny Ings. What happens? They went out the group stage. Exactly, we're yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> it was, that's what it is. We have a tired up front. Now, obviously, the, the game of Wales showed a bit more promise. Bring on the subs, it's good. We, we just want to find out what's right for us, really. Do you, do you think the Wales game is a turning point? Do you think they can build on this now? Yeah, I think it is. I think the fact that the Roy Hodgson substitutions was a turning point. Everyone thought Roy Hodgson was this negative, but he's brought... How many strikers did he bring? Five? Yeah, he brought five strikers, and he, <laughs> in that game he used them all. <laughs> At one point, we had more strikers than defenders and midfielders put together on the pitch. <laughs> Bob, you were, you were allowed to watch this game at school. Did, yeah. A lot of people have said that it felt like a Premier League game. Do you agree? Yeah, it was... I don't know. I didn't think it was the best quality game we've seen. I think Wales didn't really do much impact to the game at all. But England were going at them, but didn't have much style to their game. They were just running at them. I didn't think it was the greatest game. No, no, I, I agree with Bob there, actually. like We were going forward, hell of a fall, but... It's that literally the end product right at the end, right at the tip of the, the point where you get the ball in the back of the net. So I think you're right, Bob. Leo, you're a man of positivity. Should no. Joe Hart have done better at, with Gareth Bale's free kick? Uh, a lot of people have been saying it, but to be honest, like he could have saved it easily, but the, the, the free kick was strong. I mean, the moment, uh, well, the moment it fell to Joe Hart, the ball was like on the ground. I'll, to be honest, it's a pretty decent free kick. When you when you're taking a free kick from that sort of distance, the ball does. Uh, the ball's got time to travel to its top speed. It could have saved it, but you know they, the, the English shouldn't really like think about it too much. They won the game and let's move on. They've got yeah. the three points. Forget about it. Joe Hart is still their number one. I mean, there's no one else going to replace him, so why even question it? Goalkeepers are goalkeepers. They're going to make mistakes. Even the best in the world, mm. like you know. Shay given at his best. <laughs> but let's look at like, the positive. Of, like, let's just like, look at the spectacle here. We had Gareth Bale, one of the, the one of the best players in the world, taking a free kick from what was it like four? Yeah, it was a, it was a let's just, like, take it. He got the like, dip over the wall, went down. Exactly, the ball the ball was. did hit the ground just as you know Joe Holt had to make the save. He's got to sit there and clap that. But and it's his second free kick that he scored in the tournament. Yeah, like which record. begs the question: Why doesn't he take the free kicks for for Real Madrid? It's not Mr. Ronaldo. I know it's probably like a different like debate, but is is I'm guessing his free kick uh, conversion rate to goals is a, is a lot better than Ronaldo's. He's probably got one of the worst. He's probably Europe. got one of the worst, which is is surprising. I mean, stylistically, Ronaldo does have. It's a lot, you know, nicer to watch. Aesthetically, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because Gareth Bale, when he was at Tottenham, a lot of people start saying that he'd take a free kick like Ronaldo. He'd stand the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. He'd copy him. Would you say that he's now he's mastered it? Than... He's mastered it better than Ronaldo. Well, Ronaldo's still pretty good at free kicks, but it'd be nicer to see him take a few more for for Real Madrid rather than see Ronaldo all the time. Bye. We can do that in the Chesil Champions League special. Time, so <laughs> were, were you impressed by Bale in this game, Dan? Uh, in terms of the game, not really, no. Like, 
you can see glimpses of why he's a top class player, but he didn't do that much. Apart from the free kick, he wasn't sort of, he didn't really get the ball a lot. He's quite isolated. Obviously, the first game against Slovakia was very isolated up top, so they brought him a bit deeper. But he didn't, he didn't play amazing, but he done the job and scored a free kick and got the, got the team going. You don't have to be, you don't have to have the best game in the world just to have the presence on the pitch. And I think that's what Gareth Bale does bring. He sort of, he runs hard, he, he goes full out. It's more bringing the team together what he does as well. So, so England go into the last game against Slovakia now, who looked pretty good against Russia. Are you, are you worried about Marek Hamzic or do you think England's momentum now can take them through? I think we should not look at other players and look at ourselves. We have quality to beat Slovakia if we perform. I wouldn't have even worried about Slovakia. They've got Vladimir Weiss. Where does he play? Qatar. <laughs> He's gone to play. Even the uh, Slovakia manager said it's not the ideal preparation to place where Europe is going playing Qatar. Like, it might be good for the World Cup. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. In six years' time, <laughs> he'll be ready. Head, really. He's acclimatised. <laughs> He's definitely acclimatised. But I don't think I, we shouldn't be concerned about Slovakia. If we're worrying about teams with Slovakia, we might as well not be in the tournament. Brilliant, brilliant stuff, Dan. Well said. I can feel the positive energy right here. <laughs> We've also seen the two sides of Italy. The first game against Belgium had everybody talking about Italy as favourites after talking about how they had the worst <laughs> team for 50 years. And then we saw a very typical Italian group game, except it wasn't so typical in that they won. They're, they're through to the not the next yeah. round after two games. Yeah. Well, what's, your, what's your thoughts, Leo? Are you, are you, are you impressed with this Italian team? Uh, we'll let Bob start with this one because I'm not quite sure what to say. <laughs> I think... Oh, Belgium was a very positive game and a lot of credit for Conte for that win. Like Giacarini, no one expected him to produce anything in this tournament, but came out with an extraordinary touch and a great finish past Courtois. But overall, defensively, as we expected, powerful. And uh, quite, I don't think we're that weak up front, as they were saying. Like Adair is a worker and Pelé is a finisher. It's like... I think they work with very well together, and then Zadza has the other option to Eder. Do you, do you think if Eder had have stayed at Sampdoria, because at the start of last season, he scored 13 goals in the first five months of the season, four months of the season, and then moved to Inter, where he was obviously second fiddle to Icardi. Do you think we'd be, there'd be more positivity with Eder? Because he can score these goals. Well, that was a goal we'd see him score at uh, Sampdoria, and we saw a bit of what his only goal at Inter. Showed, he showed fight and got through. But I think it was quite a good move for him to go in to Inter because he was seeing a different style of football under Mancini. But it wasn't going to be easy for him to settle because it was moving to a completely new place, different football, different expectations, and he wasn't the main focus like he was at Sampdoria. Brilliant stuff. Leon, mm. are you positive now after this Italian? Yeah, and, yeah, positive as an Italian fan, but positive also as you know a fan of football and the Euros itself because the Italians have actually bought you know something quite special to the to the championships. You know, like they've started. You know, the first game against Belgium, it wasn't just it wasn't just you know a standard group victory. The way they were celebrating, the subs come on the pitch. Mm. It's uh, it's nice to see because it shows that the passion in the game and the passion, especially like with uh, with like footballers these days, it still exists even after a long season. Oh, yeah. uh, played like Champions League, you know, leagues, you know, all this, all this, you know, a lot of expectation, hard work. You know, they go play for the national side and there's still this, uh, you know, a lot of passion. And uh, another thing that's quite nice to see is. 
you know, you, you you find a lot of egos with footballers and that, but with the Italians, like you saw the subs run onto the pitch, and which is amazing because it shows what Conte has done and and sort of you know trait that a lot of Italian teams in the past have had is that they you know they 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 they're, they're, they're unified in the goal for the for the team rather than you know individual goals, uh, which probably which is probably what you know a trait which has made them successful in the past and that's what's nice to see you know they didn't just beat Belgium you know yeah. it was what they brought to that game as well tactically the Italians I can't see anyone. I mean that we still they're still yet to play like against a tactically good side, but uh, I haven't seen so far another team in the Euros that you know that's better than them tactically. Spain have come close. Germany get first game against Ukraine, but mate, we're we're happy. It's it's nice to see. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with Leo. One thing about the passion, whereas the Belgium game, the Italian game, wasn't like a massive example of two different countries. And one like one that's a solid, solid country. Everyone is proud to be Italian. And one team, which is Belgium, is a melting pot of nationalities. And I, I, yeah. like, they've got great players, but they don't play. They don't gel together. Are they proud to be from Belgium? Probably not. Whereas Italians, you see it from obviously all the Italian immigrants around the world. They are proud to be Italian. You see it from the celebration of Italian around the world. They're proud. You see the Argentinians, uh, Italians in Argentina, proud to be Italian. Even obviously like for example, your families. You're proud to be Italian. That's one difference that Belgium don't have and Italians do have. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see a country come together like was gone through quite a hard time as well. Because a lot of the blame after that is on Mark Wilmot, the manager. But you think it's deeper than that? It's I, think, actually I, I, I think it stems in like actual like a, terms of society. Like at, the, at this moment in time, Belgium's a country is going quite a lot, quite a lot of unrest. Like you obviously have obviously the terrorism, like terrorism in in obviously Belgium. But it's stemmed from what is what is being Belgium. Well, there's, there's every yeah. street sign has got three different languages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm not, I'm all for. Oh, it's another completely another. It's another topic. It's like yeah. question time. But uh, but like, it's great just just to see the Italians. Everyone's proud to be Italian, and you see you can see that through the way like Leo's talking about the passion. Even watching the fans, you see they're just they're just proud to do that. Yeah. And it's, like it's this is interesting. Not like an interesting look at like the different countries and. The countries yeah. that significantly do well are proud to be from that country, like Iceland. Iceland, they drew with Portugal, but it's because they're, they're, they're not the greatest players in the world, but they had all the fans on their side. They're all proud to be from Iceland, and they're just happy to be there. It's an interesting point about patriotism and how it is, like, helps the it's team. Like, it's, like, it's, it's England as well. We need to be proud to be English and proud to... We need to just embrace what we are and then we'll probably do well. You made, you made an interesting point because we watched the game together where you were saying about De Bruyne and Hazard clearly not having that good a report. Yeah, no, one example was uh, De Bruyne crossed it into Lukaku. Lukaku looks up in disgrace, like, what is that cross? Whereas if you watch someone like Barcelona, you've got Messi, Suarez, Neymar, yes, they're great players, but they all like each other and they're friends. Someone has an awful true. pass, they're just like, ah, oh, like, just laugh it off. Yes, it's great when you're winning all the time, but you just, I don't think you should see, even Gareth Bale, I don't know who it was, probably like Rob Edwards or someone, crossed it, awful pass, Bale's thumb up, great attempt. It's just like, <laughs> do you know what, you, at least you tried, mate. Yeah. Whereas you don't see that in Belgium, you just see like these little snarls, like what was that awful pass? It, it was just the first game though, do you think this kind of this kind of uh, game will continue? Do you think they'll raise their game now against Ireland? Oh, we'll see. We'll yeah, but the nice thing about the game against Ireland, it'll give, it'll give uh, the players who probably won't see that much action had every game been been like really competitive a chance to play. 
places such as Inzi. Oh, going back to Italy. Even right. like, oh yeah, who were we talking about? We were talking about Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Belgium, no, when they perform oh, yeah, against course, Yeah, Ireland. but they're paying now. Sorry, yeah. I thought we were talking about Italians in the last game. Belgian Islands. But, but, but anyway, going back to Italianos, right? Even like Inzi, even like Zadza, the geezer, when he come on, you know, for the last however minutes he played, 20 minutes, I tell you, I, I, I do like Zadza a lot. I think one of his downfalls is that he is Italian. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about club football in the sense that, you know, he plays for Juve and he's an Italian striker. Normally, Italian strikers don't really excel, especially at Juventus. You know, they, they'd rather buy these, like, expensive strikers. Spanish strikers from probably, Yeah, yeah, probably something a bit more marketing, like ability and that. Yeah, but he's just good. He throws himself in. I, I'd, I'd, I'd happily see him, even ahead of Eder, who has, like, just scored. Uh... And even like even ahead of Pele. So well, why is it Zinni not coming on? Hey, yeah. I don't know. We've got Jacarini to play on that sort of role. <laughs> That's why I feel this island game will be a big game for Italy. Because Conte has said he's gonna make changes. Yeah. And I hope we get to see Bernadeschi as well as in <laughs> Bernadeschi. The those two this we season hope. were two of the We most could even see that old boy. Who does uh, who does Bernadeschi play for? Fiorentina. Oh really? Yeah. They had a good season. Well, yeah. it started great and then kind of like you know, a bit shaky at times. But he was still a great player this season. And I think against uh, Ireland when we play, yeah, all the players are going to be wanting uh, fighting to show Conte. Oh, it's a show like we want to play oh. in the next round. Yeah. Well, well that's, that's the thing. Point. There's, really there's an point. argument that Italy's best flair players are actually on the bench. Yeah. Conte's been lining up the workhorses, but players mm. like Insigne and Bernadeschi, they're, they're quite flary, they're, crea- they're quite creative. Is this an indication of how Chelsea will play next season? I'm not sure. The thing is, Conte, in, in this tournament, he knows, especially because there's no midfield, so it just looks like he's bypassing the entire midfield. It's been said before. So the back line, like Bonucci, who's probably the become, best passer in the team. He's become the peer, like, he's the, peer. In, like the, the defensive mid. And his distribution has just been get it out to the wings to Candreva or Florenzi was on yeah. the pitch, or into Giaccarini, who's making the yeah. run when the strikers are dropping back. So when I see Giaccarini score that goal, I couldn't stop laughing. Just the fact that he went to Sunderland and done nothing. <laughs> Sunderland. It's quite surprising, actually. De Rossi's role has been quite muted as well in the sense he just gets the ball and plays it out bit, nothing else Thiago Mott I was pretty disappointed when he come on he, he looked like he didn't give really well, the, didn't care the thing is I think that De Rossi's being asked because they're not really going through the midfield they're going yeah, through the wings true. so they're just pretty much asking Parolo and De Rossi to be midfield destroyers yeah, yeah. To, to create fouls or break up play so I guess Thiago Mott is not that kind of player yeah. I am worried though I do think when the Italians do eventually meet Let's say Spain, because I, I do. I, I honestly think Spain can win it again this year. And to be honest, I wouldn't I be too upset. I, I wouldn't be too upset if they do. It'd be nice to see, because they're a good team. But yeah, if if the Italians come up against a Spain, they might. They might I reckon they might get a, a good old bollocking because tactically, Spain. Like, I'm not talking. About, I'm talking about because the Italians are now excelling tactically, and when I think when they do come up against a team who know how to play, you know, who know how to you know read the game and. Uh, develop their game to their opponents they'll probably struggle it's come back to England and Wales man tactically that was a terrible game oh my god it's horrendous <laughs> right, just, in what sense in what sense like the first, oh, I only watched like, the first like, half an hour but you are, I mean, how can you make a judgment on the game when you watch 30 minutes of it true. you watch one third of a game yeah but I'm making a judgment on the first 30 minutes <laughs> okay, and it was great. horrendous on, what's your judgment <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I saw any football those first 30 minutes but apparently the, like England did play quite well second half so we'll leave it at that so going on, do you think this is definitely a positive, uh, going to be yeah. a positive tournament for Italy? We hope. We're, oh, they're in the last sixteen now. 
depending on who they get, depends if they uh, go through to the quarters. Finishing up because uh, the the Italian papers are reporting that it's actually in the long term probably better to finish second in this group rather than first. Because if you win the group, after that you could face either potentially Spain, England or France in the next round as opposed to... uh, No, they won't get France. Because France will win their group. Shout out to Carlo Scarito here, who actually sent me through who Italy could face if they uh, get Please, through. Sorry. As it stands, likely to get Croatia, then Germany, and then France if Italy win. It's it's uh, so confusing yeah. who they're going to get. Depending on who comes first, second, or third. It's true. Guess what? Who you're going to play? You might as well take. You can't guess at all because it just depends on so much. Depends on where you finish in the group. Depends on the other groups finish. Like the bye. Yeah. Just win your games and you win the tournament. And finishing up on Italy, Bob, do you think it's better for Italy to get a harder draw or an easier draw being Italy? Definitely better to get a harder team because you see us against Belgium. Yeah, they don't work together as a team, but their individuals are outstanding, like De Bruyne. And I think De Bruyne can do impact on Ireland today because they ain't got. They're not like mm. Italy. Special mention to Dries Mertens. And change the game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And. Um, if you're going to win a tournament, you've got to beat the best. So there's no point trying to avoid a Beat the rate. best. The Italians can't play themselves, so they can't. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> on to the next thing. The fan violence, which has been one of the biggest talking points of the tournament so far. Dan, you feel really strongly about this. Uh, the, the press are blaming the English fans a lot, but you don't quite see it like that. Oh, obviously, the English fans are never angels. And, and let's be honest, everywhere they go, there's always trouble. But... If you're that, like, what, what really annoyed me was that you have a small minority core of fans who are just hooligan and louts, which fair enough, like, you're going to get that in all sorts of society. But this, I looked at it, for example, say my dad went to watch the football game. <laughs> he's, like, the most unlouty human being in the world. But he's there, or sitting there in a, I don't know, having a curry and a pint, whatever. And all of a sudden, all these ultras just come in and start beating you up. Like, that's just ludicrous. And then putting out all the blame on the England fans is not, is not the way it should be. You could look at it three ways. English fans, don't go there. Don't overtake a whole... Don't overtake... They went to Marseille, like, one of the most dangerous cities in France. Don't go there and make out you're the big man. Go there, be respectful of them. Go and have a laugh, have a thingy, but don't taunt the, lo- the locals. Don't taunt everyone around you and start turning abuse at people. So it's English fans terrible, fair enough. But then the Russian fans, not, I'll say fans, fans are the wrong word, just Russian idiots. They're going there just to beat up the England fans. And then you've got the France, like obviously the Marseille ultras, targeting England fans. So basically, it's, you've got two points against England fans. And yes, England fans are, a lot of them are hooligans, but you can't just tarnish it all in English. I suppose it goes back to like a historical Yeah, it's thing. historically, like you look at the English fans, where they, it's well, their reputation. Like, yeah, like, their reputation of being these old hooligans. And these Russians, they're 30 years back in time. Thinking that English fans are, are, the, are the strong, like the pit, the epitome of hooliganism, but they don't care anymore. Like that time yeah. is gone. Look at look at the. Look, you don't see any. You don't see many fights in Premier League games anymore because it's gone. Whereas you see it in Eastern Europe, you see it even in Italy. It's gone in England. It's thirty years ago. You need to move on. We need to move on from it and then just put it to bed. What What did you think about the scenes in the stadium? Oh, I think it's disgusting. It's when you, the Croatia game. Makes me sick. No, no Russia. You know what? No. At the end, shut up. Yeah. No. England, <laughs> Russia. <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't... What? Well, listen carefully. I've only watched like two games of this Euro. <laughs> oh my god! And like yeah. one of them was Italy, Belgium, and the other two. Well, the other one was half of Italy and half of. You know what? I'll leave you on this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, at the end of the game, ninety minutes, 
the Russian fans just ran at the English. Yeah. Just <laughs> punching anyone. What, in the stadium? Yeah, yeah. so you're saying... Me and you oh, were, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. The guy, he fell. He fell on the, the chair. Oh, don't worry. So it's me, let's for example, yeah, okay. Let's say me and Dino. Oh, Dino, do you want to come watch England? Great, yeah. Sit there, and all of a sudden, you get these guys coming to chase you. That's just wrong. It's disgusting. It's even one image of a guy holding a child saying, please stop. It's quite sad, also, the difference between uh, the types of fans that watch, like, Premier League games and the type of fans who still watch European games. You, you know, you go to, like, let's say... Uh, Russia, Eastern Europe, Italy. It's the mo- most, of the, the majority of the fans are, you know, middle-aged, you know, young to middle-aged men, as opposed to like English fans, where you will get like, you know, uh, all types of people. You know, you get women, children, because because in the Premier League, you, like it's entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Premier League, that's you can happily go and watch anyone goes and watch the game, as opposed to, and, that, and that's different. The Russian fans bring all these geezers. It's, it's, it's a bit They're sad, not fans, though. When we say fans, no, they're, they're, not, they're fans. not fans. They're just idiots. Go it, it, fight. It, it ran it, like a military operation. It was. That's it. it. They use football as, you know... Yeah, it's, it's, these countries are a lot of political unrest. So they're just, they're just, like, releasing all their anger and all their, obviously, mindset into football violence. Because well, it's an easy way of, like, showing... Like, if you're a place of psychology, if you're part of a larger group, your voice is heard more. Well, that, that's the interesting thing about the Croatia thing. There's a lot of uh, speculation in the press, especially from Croatian football experts, that the, region, the reason the Croatians are making an effort to get Croatia thrown out is because they don't like the, the way the Croatian FA run the business. Deals with the, yeah. the fans. No, well, on, it, on a lot of levels. Who wants Croatian? Well, the, the, oh, the, the Croatian, Croatian fans are already divided. Uh, it's a split. Yeah, well, literally. <laughs> yeah, so, so so they're using the national team as a way to hit back at the FA yeah. because they don't they believe it's corrupt and that basically well, it's trying to get. If you have if you have a voice and you're not being looked at, at you in your own country, what's the best way to do it on the European stage in front of everyone? Why not? Yeah. Do you th- how do you think the well it's hard to second guess what UEFA and FIFA are going to do but how do you do you think anybody is going to get kicked out no, while no. Russia no, won't I mean, qualify so they're irrelevant they're redundant uh, Croatia they won't well Croatia have got history against they they've already had to play games behind closed doors because of the fan fan violence in the stadiums and also a sore sticker which was edged mm. onto the pitch versus Italy yeah, but I don't think what Croatia done was worse than what Russia done no why why not then because like, Croatia, it was like, what, 10 people threw a couple of fireworks on the pitch. Fair enough. Games. Mark Clattenburg sorted out very professionally. Game was back on in four minutes. What Russia did, it was a three-day pure violence against innocent people. Yeah. Like, yeah you can't compare it. Yes, one steward got hit in the face with a firework. That's one human being. But you got to think, the Russians, were, there was a big group of them. This was few Croatians. Exactly, so that's why I say the Russians were as worse. And I think this is completely unfair on the, the Croatian players, what they've yeah, it's, it's just, done. Yeah, it just embarrasses the whole country in total. Mm. Well, like, Croatia, they, were, they looked incredible, especially in the first hour. Yeah, it ruined the whole game for them, because that added time, it's got a penalty against yeah. them. Really. If that one didn't do that, there'd be no added time, not three minutes of added time, there'd be two. So really, the fans done what they wanted to get. They don't want to get him kicked out. So, so you you do think it's that, and not Luka Modric getting injured? No. Did yeah. he get injured? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he has groin, didn't he? 
Is he going to be out? He came off after like, what was it, 58 minutes or something yeah. like that? Just after they made it 2 0. What were they saying? Is he he came off smiling. He like, had yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, see it. you saw it, didn't you? Yeah. He came off laughing. Uh, so like, but he's been ruled out in the game against Spain, which is a shame because that that midfield battle would have been a spectacle. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, it would have been nice to see. In the, however, Kovacic is still a great midfielder. <laughs> yeah, I don't realize how uh, like technical Rakitic was when he plays for Barcelona because he's got all these technical players around. Him, no, he, no, he he's, looks like the least technical player. No, no, he's still amazing for Barcelona. Yeah. I'll go give it to no, him. No, but I'm not, I'm saying it's like when you look at the consensus with the whole Barcelona team, he doesn't yeah. stand out. He's like a player there. When he's team with Croatia, you're like, Jesus, it's like when Pedro came to flipping Chelsea, you're like, oh my god, you realize how good he was. Yeah, I know he's yeah. flopped, but that first game, I think it was against Norwich or something. Do I do, I do like, game? I do like Rakitic. Great player, standing player. Who's your favorite player in the tournament, Dino? Uh, don't know. Don't know. Who's Fran- your favorite player? Francesco Totti. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of, uh, at the end of Iceland, Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo's statements. The way they celebrated at the end was unbelievable. Iceland don't try to play. They just defend, defend, and defend. They celebrated like they have won the Euros. This, in my opinion, shows a small mentality. They are not, they are not going to do anything in this competition. What do you say to Cristiano Ronaldo? Tell us something we don't know. You know. Yeah, it's a bit out of order. I think he's probably a bit bitter with the draw. And probably with his own performance. I saw an amazing argument, though, where they actually... Gave Ronaldo credit for treating Iceland just like any other team <laughs> yeah, in the tournament. Yeah. Oh, it's like the whole reverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. But still, why is coming out and saying those statements? You've got players there. How many professional footballers did they have on their books? I think one, no, was it? Oh, I read it somewhere. It's like a quarter coach, or like a fifth dentist. of the professional players are at the tournament now. I think it's like 100 professional players in the whole of Iceland. So just put that in perspective, it's ridiculous. What was the goalkeeper's profession, Bob? Uh, he, he was a director. <laughs> a director. He, he um, directed uh, Iceland's Eurovision intro for 2013. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he's now the number one <laughs> in the Euro. And he kept out Ronaldo for the whole game. Yeah. Is, is could this be the fairy tale of the tournament, do you think? Iceland? No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, to be honest, they could hungry. qualify. Who, who else have they, they got, got in there? Later on today. Hungary and Austria. Hungary, yeah. who also shocked the world. Yeah, yeah against Austria. They were uh, described as the uh, the weakest team in the tournament, and in Austria, the hipsters loved them. They won their group. Why are the hipsters love them? Well, they, they, in qualifying, they, they kind of had a grease in 2004. They qualified really strongly and came above, was it Sweden, in their group by 10 points. Mm. I love Hungarians. Like, I, I worked with a Hungarian. <laughs> really nice guy. Um, that whole family were nice. All the people were really nice. Do you want to give him a shout out? What was his name? Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nice. Martin. Really, really nice people. So, so what's been did, the stuff? Did he used to get a lot of like hungry jokes? Like, no, in like way no, from. Everyone just assumed he was Polish, which he hated. Nah. <laughs> well, what's been the moment of the tournament so far for you, Dan? Moment of the tournament, uh, probably. I'd say. Uh, Iceland, really. I know we've been talking about it. I just like the fact that they shut Ronaldo up. Because <laughs> Ronaldo's arrogance drives him on the wall. He's a great player, but just shut up. I re- yeah, he was my pick for top goal scorer. I really hope he gets a hat-trick in the next game or does something. Mm. But no, one, I, what I did like to see is Northern Ireland's second performance. Because the first game, they were awful. Absolutely awful. And then Carl Lafferty, Adam Ayer. So the manager obviously took off, didn't, didn't play Carl Lafferty in the next game. 
It would have been nice to get Chris on this because he he put them down as his surprise. <laughs> <Did> that's <laughs> what he put that Northern <laughs> Ireland. Oh, uh-huh. He shouted them out. Leo, what's been what's been your highlight of the tournament so far in the four games that you've watched? Uh, Built up of second halves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Thirty minutes of England. Um, I'm not sure. Obviously, like the Italians, first game even against Sweden, pretty nice. Um, yeah, so they're the only games I've watched, so yeah, I can't really say anything else. You're not the right Pretty... Yeah, yeah, his first, his goal against... Romania. Romania, amazing, amazing. The thing is, they keep on, they keep on showing the angle from behind him when they sh- whenever they show the goal on TV. But why? I don't, like, the, the angle from, you know, the original angle where you can see, like, how far away he is from the goal. When you see it from that, oh, bloody hell, that goal is sick. <laughs> He's a great player. Is he? Do you think he's the symbol of this tournament so far? Yeah, you were talking about Dimitri Payet, didn't yeah. you? What do you think about Payet? I think he's a great player, but I don't know. It'd be pretty good for him to outshine Pogba. No, it's good because how old is he? Twenty nine or something? Yeah. And in France, he was just one of them. Like, because he's, he's he's French, but where's he from? He's from that island just off Africa. Um. Yeah, I was reading about. Could it be any further oh, yeah, away from France it. if he um, tried? And he's obviously an, an island, an island person coming to mainland France. Obviously, played for Marseille. Oh, he was. Oh, oh, you're talking about yeah. Réunion. Réunion, yeah. And he like he was. He wasn't even a uh, even Joey Barton said he was a great player when he played for Marseille. He's a great player, but didn't expect him to come over and be so great. And he's just he's the conductor water in, in East London at West Ham. It's unbelievable. And it's kind of amazing that Slavon Bilic, his manager, yeah. is... He literally loves him. Yeah, he's a pundit. He's been the best pundit so far, right? Yeah. yeah has he pretty. or has he not? What, is he finding annoying? No. Has he or has he not? What's this? <laughs> you he know... had a hair transplant. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> well, it looked like it on the first... When his hair was shaved. <laughs> as it's grown, I don't think it has. Even if he, if he has, who cares, man? Well, if he has... If he has, he's so open about it's it. It's so brilliant. <laughs> I like his... I don't think well. he has. I can't imagine him being the kind of guy that would give a damn, right? Would Pierre... Would Pi- I think he Is he going to stay at West Ham, realistically? He's playing on his own. It's just on a five-year contract. But this is the same West Ham yeah. we've just signed Fergouli, who a lot of the big clubs in Europe wanted him. <laughs> Ali G's misses him herself. No, forget they've signed good players and they've got money to spend. So. Yeah, well, well, they've got a new, into a new stadium. They're deeming themselves with the London club. Obviously, they're changing their badge, aren't they? They're London, oh, they fit. It's a horrible rebrand. No, <laughs> it's horrible rebrand as a designer for you, but I think is as it? a neutral, it's, it makes sense because of the fact is they're it's like, true. Saying, we're a London club. They want people to go to London. Oh, wow, play. that logo is... Bad. <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah, but it doesn't matter about the logo. It's the fact they got London. So all these like the South you know Americans that come over and gonna go. Oh, I want to play in London. You know what? <laughs> that, that's a, it's a pretty good little. It's, like, clever. it's really thing. clever. It could work out. Okay, so I think that's it. that's everything. We've wrapped it all up, and yeah, we've nearly hit our allotted time. So thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again soon. See you later, Leo, Bob, Dan, Dino. <laughs> A la próxima. <laughs> <laughs>